Welcome back to another episode of Physique Science Radio. I'm your host, Lane Norton, with my co-host, Sohee Lee. And uh, we have a pretty cool, I don't want to say announcement, but kind of uh, comings and goings on personally here at Physique Science Radio. And uh, as we alluded to last time on our, our show with Dr. Bill Campbell, uh, Sohee actually competed uh, at the OCB Florida West Coast Classic. And uh, so, Sohee, uh, update us on how your competition went. Yeah, so that was just a few days ago, and I was competing in the bikini division because that's that's uh, what my body is best fit for. Um, I well, there were only three competitors total, so there weren't very many, many. But I um, placed first in open and novice, which was pretty cool. Yeah, it was awesome. I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I know you wanted more uh, more people to be there, but. At the same time, you can only compete against two shows up, and um, you know, it seemed like you had a, a pretty good time. Yeah, it was great. I mean, it was kind of it was interesting for me to have you as the MC <laughs> announcing me <laughs> and making your commentary. <laughs> yeah, I was the MC at the show, so you know, of course, I did my best to embarrass Sohi and uh, and be a smartass. <laughs> yeah, but it was a lot of fun. I think. Um, I think the show was very well run, and for having been Paul Ravella's first show that he's promoting, I think it was incredibly well run and well organized, and I was really happy with how the competitors were treated, and you know, they even had macro-friendly pizza in the back for the competitors, which I thought was amazing, um, as well as... Yeah, that's, that was awesome. Let me give a, a yeah. quick shout-out to, to Matt, who owns uh, Tour de Pizza in St. Petersburg, Florida, and uh, he was just telling me his story uh, backstage, and um, essentially, uh, he he owns a piece of place, and uh, he is he told me he got tired of people, you know, people on the radio and on on uh, social media, et cetera, et cetera, and media, basically, you know, blaming the the evils of obesity on foods like pizza, hamburgers, et cetera, et cetera. And he said, you know, I wanted to go back and. He, he told me he watched my video logs and it like gave him the idea, well, why don't I create pizzas that you know are easier to fit numbers with? So he hunted down all these different ingredients to make pizza. And uh, he's been on what he calls the pizza diet for the last uh, few months. Yeah. And he's lost 30 pounds uh, eating pizza every day. And I think, yeah, his Hawaiian pizza, I had a slice of it. And it was really good. I mean, I'm not just saying that. It was really good. And uh, it was like um, 12 grams of protein, 16 grams of carbs, and 8 grams of fat per slice, I want to say, which is totally doable. Oh, yeah. Um, I remember I got a chance to talk to him also, and it was, I think, obviously, it's one of the more extreme methods of going about contest prep, but I think it's a really creative challenge, and I'm interested to see how he does. Absolutely. I mean, I think, I think his point is, you know, for him, that's his business. That's his livelihood. Right. And when people get on... TV and they say, oh, never eat pizza again, you know, it, that's taking money out of his pocket. And, you know, we, I don't think we tell anybody, hey, you have to eat pizza every day during contest prep. But I think, you know, I, I definitely understand where he's coming from. It's, you know, he's saying, hey, it's, it's not that pizza's evil. It's that, you know, people overconsume, you know, uh-huh. and, uh, and, and that's what we try to tell everybody. So yeah. cool. Uh, shout out to Matt there, Tuita Pizza in St. Petersburg. If you guys are in the area, uh, please go and check out uh, one of his shops. Um, really nice guy, and uh, obviously some some macro friendly goodies. Uh-huh. 
So getting getting back to uh, to you, since you are the topic of this physique science radio. <laughs> well, yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's all about me. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, I, I'm interested. So you you actually prepped with Paul, correct? I did. Uh-huh. Yeah. Now, so I guess now you have competed before. I have, but it was a while ago. I was 21 years old, and that was in May of 2011. Okay, so compare and contrast. Not let's not get into the nuts and bolts of it yet. We'll get right. into that a little bit later. Okay. But compare and contrast the the overall experience, and uh, okay. you know what did you like, what didn't you like about either one, and uh, you know which, which kind of I guess you know which was a more enjoyable overall experience for you. Uh, well, first of all, hands down, this one was a much better experience for me in pretty much every facet. But from a factual standpoint, uh, let me just compare numbers for you. So my first prep was a 12-week prep, um, and I dropped from 121 to 106 pounds. So that was, uh, what is that, 15? 15. 15. Yep, 15-pound 15 weight loss in, in 12 weeks. And my calories dropped from beginning of prep, 1,400 calories, to end of prep, um, 1080 calories. Mm. And uh, I, had, I think I had a 24-inch waist. Did not have much muscle definition. Did not have obliques, which I love. Um, <laughs> and I just wrote about it today in uh, my article. And uh, I placed second in my class, but I overall was not too uh, crazy about the way that I looked by the time the show came around because I felt like I looked very skinny and um, didn't even look like I worked out at all, which was really disheartening to me because I was working my butt off. And then, how much cardio were you doing as well? Um, Let's actually, that up. I was not doing too much cardio. I was doing, but I was doing four heavy lifting sessions, and um, two thirty-minute metabolic conditioning sessions. So you know, um, kind of like lifting weights faster, kind of deal, like circuit training. And I was doing one thirty-minute um, medium intensity steady-state cardio a week. Um, but I was also a full-time oh. student at the time, and I remember. At the athletes' meeting the day before the show, I was sitting in my chair studying for my nutrition midterm. So I was pretty uh, spread thin. At the time. <laughs> yeah, definitely that can that can make it harder. So oh, yeah. so part of the it being less enjoyable is probably just like you said being spread thinner before. Oh, yeah. and, and, and this time, you know, although I know us, we're always busy, so oh, it's yeah. probably just a different kind of stress this I, time. I, I'm pretty sure we actively seek out ways to make ourselves feel overwhelmed, <laughs> I feel like, almost. <laughs> well, I told you about the, the the other day I woke up, and it was like I had one day where I had like kind of a little bit less work, and I was sitting there thinking, I'm like, you know, I, I just kind of blurted out to my mother, my mother, my, my wife, jeez, don't <laughs> let her hear that. Uh, <laughs> uh, I kind of blurted out to my wife, um, you know, I wouldn't mind going back to school, and she oh, kind of yeah. gave me this look like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, you know, I can get a master's. She's like, you, you have a PhD. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Why are you going to go back and get a master's? I'm like, well, I could go do it in something else. She's like, oh, she's just God. like, she's like, I'm not going to tell you no if you really want to do it. But she's yeah. like, will you just at least think on it for me a little bit? <laughs> oh so yeah, you're right. Yeah. It's like we almost create, and now I'm getting you know completely overwhelmed with stuff. You know, this oh, month. Yeah. So um, I'm like, God, I have no idea how I do that, but. You know, it's like, yeah, we, we have a day or two where we're like doing less stuff and we're like, oh, yeah, let's let's go do this wild, ambitious thing. Exactly. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I think a part of me, th- I do really well when I'm almost when I'm busier. I feel like I'm more productive and I and I am less prone to sitting around and, and feeling lazy. 
Um, but anyway, back to back to uh, prep talk. So for this prep, I was actually so twelve weeks the first time. This time around, it actually was a twenty week prep. Um, even though I was starting out at a lower uh, body fat point, I started out at one hundred and sixteen pounds this time when I started. And uh, unfortunately, over the past three and a half years, I have not grown in height, so I am still five two. So it was five two one sixteen, and uh, started out at uh, just over fifteen hundred calories, so a little bit higher. And I also finished my prep at the end of 20 weeks at uh, 1,200 calories and uh, 105 pounds with a 23 and a half inch waist. And I actually got to see my obliques for the first time in my entire life, which was so <laughs> amazing to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's interesting, and I, yeah. I want to I want to point out something for our listeners. We talked about this a lot in our, our reverse dieting ebook, Shameless Plug. Um, <laughs> but and we've talked about I think we've talked about it too. Um, in the reverse dieting uh, podcast, but what you're seeing there is, you know, you got to get down to 1,200 calories. I'm pretty sure you'd rather not eat 1,200 calories if you can avoid it. Yeah. However, that is a net improvement over your previous prep, right? Because you got leaner right. on more calories. So the the point is, you may never be somebody like a you know um, one of my clients, Katie Rutherford, who's basically gotten super lean. And never really had to go below, I think it's something around 1,600 calories right now. Wow. So, but she also carries a lot of muscle too. Right. So that, that obviously makes a big difference. Um, but point B, or even like Lauren Conlon, who we've had to get relatively aggressive this prep because she's been dieting basically all year. But uh, usually we don't have to drop her very low at all. Um, and she's, you know, 125 pounds or so. So you may never, you, your metabolism may never get to that. But the point is you can see improvement over time. And I think I always try to emphasize that to people. You know, it's useless, kind of futile comparing yourself to other people. You have to compare within yourself, have you improved? Exactly. And the interesting thing that I should, I do want to mention is that the last, I would say, six to eight weeks of my prep, my macros actually did not change. They didn't actually, they tweaked a little bit just because we exchanged some proteins for carbs because uh, my protein was a little bit high and my carbs were a little low and I was feeling a little crummy for about a week there. And he, so he, he said, okay, let's take away 20 uh, grams of protein. Let's add 20 grams of carbs for, for every day. Um, but the total calories stay the same for the last six to eight weeks. So I was not, um, you know, we didn't really, we were never dropping macros too quickly at all. And the last six to eight weeks, like I said, didn't change macros. And I still made progress on those numbers. Yeah, I think that's an important point is that, um, you know, not, not dropping too quickly. Right. You know, and that's, you know. Obviously, you, you're a coach. I'm a coach. You hired a coach to do this. Yes. <laughs> and uh, part of that is because if left to our own devices, um, we tend to overdo things. You know what I mean? It'll be, you didn't lose weight this week, and it'll be like, oh, oh my God, I, well, right. I got to drop calories. And, you know, sometimes it's just nice to have somebody say, hey, hey, hold on, see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because I my last prep, I can tell you, I got way more aggressive than I needed to. Um, and yeah, I, I looked really good and did really well, but at the same time that wrecked me for like six months after that. I mean, I mean, I wasn't like binging or anything afterwards, but it took me a good while till I felt normal again Mm -hmm. and haven't really had a desire to do a so show since just because of how terrible I felt, you know, um, and how much time of my time I I took up. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, that's always an important point. I mean, if I, when I compete again, 
next time I'll probably hire either, you know, Paul or Ben or, or, or somebody I trust and, uh, or so he, <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and instead of, you know, wait, like the scale used to mess with me really badly, uh, you know, me just like anybody else, um, so what I would do, what I what I already have a plan. I would I'm going to step on the scale, let my wife read it, and send it to whoever my coach is, and then they can they can tell me what to do. Right. And you know, just kind of taking that out of my hands. Uh, if all I have to do is put my head down and work, I think that's one of the reasons I've done so well in powerlifting with Ben. Uh, he puts numbers down on a sheet. He says, "Hits these numbers, and this is what you're going to do with the meat if you hit these numbers." And by God, he's pretty much dead on every single time. And so Amazing. it gives me that confidence that okay, even if I feel like crap, even if you know one day of training isn't as good as the other, so I hit the numbers on the sheet, I'm going to make progress. Mm-hmm. And that you know, having that confidence is a huge thing. Oh yeah, and for me, it was mostly a matter of okay. So just for one, um, I know people are going to be wondering why didn't you hire Lane? Um, <laughs> because um, and and it's two yes, reasons. Yes, how dare you? Yeah, right. Uh, two reasons. One, um, well, actually. Yeah, it's two reasons. Okay, three reasons, actually. One, he's incredibly busy, and I think I know how busy he is with uh, client requests all the time. Uh, two, we work together. Three, we work together. <laughs> and um, that's re- pretty much it. And I, I worked with him last year, actually, uh, for a few months for a photo shoot that I was doing, and um, it went great. And But... Uh, Again, I just don't want to mess up that working relationship that we have going, and that's the only reason why. But I, I think he's a great coach. Well, uh, you know, I think I think that's a good point. I um, sometimes with friends of mine, uh, I can actually get to the point where I'm like, I'll be, I'm like, oh man, I don't want to make this cut, you know. Like uh, Lauren, we've had. I've, I've, I don't want to say I've had that problem, but it's been. I've definitely been since she's moved here, and like me, her, and Paul have kind of become training partners, and she's become a friend of mine rather than just a, just only a client. Yeah. Um, you know, it's been like, man, I don't want to make that cut. Now she's going to be ready. Like that's that's not a problem, but it's been a little bit more fighting myself. You know what I yeah. mean? Because um, you have you have empathy for that person. Um, so yeah, I, I I totally get that, and. Uh, you know, it's funny because I had a few people ask me, I'm like, why didn't Sophie work with you? I'm no like, way! Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, I'm like, I told him, I'm like, I don't care who she works with. I just want her to have a good experience. And, That's you know, so I know Paul is completely competent and really, really good. And um, I I have no problem with it whatsoever. I think, you know, I think that's um, – I think that also, hopefully, that speaks to a good quality in me, or or coach in me, because I've had clients who, for example, will not to toot my own horn too much, but at the end of like a a prep or off off season or whatever it is, and you know, I, I make no secret that I am expensive, and um, um, you know, people will say, well, I, I think I'm going to go, you know, work with Paul or Ben or Sohi or or one of these other recommended coaches we have because you know you're expensive. And, uh, you know, I feel like I've learned enough from you that I'm comfortable enough kind of going on my own or with a different coach. But that doesn't bother me um, because that, you know, that's a compliment to me. So I think, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of, and you've probably seen this, um, shaming from coaches. We, we talked about fit shaming, fat shaming. There's like coach shaming too. Yeah. So, like, oh, yeah, um, like you left my team. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I actually um, – Worked with a gal, uh, and she's the sweetest lady. Um, and she was on a big team in Ohio, and uh, she just decided she, you know, she she didn't she didn't say anything negative about him or anything at that point. Um, she just decided, you know, that 
she didn't really care for the way they were treating her and um, she didn't get the results she wanted. She decided she wasn't going to re-sign up. Um, and she was at the grocery store one day and two of the people from that team like cornered her and like verbally abused her. Um, and she like had, you know, I don't want to get too far into it, but she had like, like fear of going out uh, of her house for like the next year. And, you know, it's just that kind of stuff is, just, you know, it just shows how insecure some people are, you know, they, because they believe if they lose that client, they'll never get another one back. And that's because they suck at what they do. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's so, sad. Yeah, it is sad. Sorry for the, for a little no, bit of the side rant, awful. but, uh, yeah. Um, but no, you know, obviously we, we all, we're all, people don't know us and, and kind of know how we work, but like all of our group of friends, we're all a team and, you know, as long as we're, you know, on the same page, who works with who or who does what, nobody's bothered by that. No, it's not personal at all, ever. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think we're going to take a quick break and we'll come back and we'll talk a little bit more about the nuts and bolts of your prep, um, why you did what you did, et cetera, et cetera, and uh, get into it a little bit more. So you're listening to Physique Science Radio and we'll be back. Hey guys, one of the things that's always on my mind is how can I give back to the industry that has done so much for me? That's why we formed the BioLane Foundation. The BioLane Foundation is a philanthropic initiative to raise money for grad school level research that is going to contribute to the fitness industry. It is 100% tax deductible and 100% of all your donations will be paid out to students. If you'd like to donate, you can go to biolane.com, click on the About tab, and click on Biolane Foundation, and you can put your donation in through there. Or, if you're a student and you'd like to apply for a grant, please go to biolane.com, click the About tab, click Biolane Foundation, and you can find the applications online there. Thank you guys so much, and I'm looking forward to all the great research that comes from these donations. Hey guys, you know me, and you know I love cooking up macro-friendly option meals. But sometimes when I'm always on the go, that's just not an option. So when I'm on the go or can't cook a meal, I love Quest Bars. You know I love protein and fiber, and these are packed with 20 grams of high-quality protein and super high in fiber. And it's easy to stay on target when you've got Quest Bars that you can bring with you anywhere. They're delicious compared to other bars that taste like bricks and leave you feeling gassy and bloated. So pick up a bar of Quest Bars today at questnutrition.com, GNC, and Vitamin Shop. Also, follow them on Instagram at questnutrition and youtube.com slash questnutrition for great recipe ideas to keep you on your goals but eating delicious. Hey guys, welcome back to Physique Science Podcast. This is Sohee Lee with your co-host, uh, Lade Norton. And actually, I the topic of our discussion today is my contest prep. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. People want to know. Actually, it was pretty funny when I posted up the pictures of you. It was like, surprise, everybody was like, what? Oh, yeah. What? <laughs> that was so, really, um, I'm really happy that we were able to keep it under, under wraps for as long yeah, as we t- did. Talk about that a, a little bit. Well, why did you decide to keep it quiet? Um, was that by design or was it just, you know, you didn't really feel like talking about it or, or 
Yeah, talk about why you did that. Yeah, so um, when I approached Paul about this back in June, I was not entirely certain that I wanted to compete at that point. All I wanted to do was to maybe try uh, an active diet phase again for the first time in, in in a long time, and I just wanted to see how my body would respond. And really, I was really trying to just test my physical limits because I had spent the past three years trying to get my mindset right and for any of you who read my stuff you know that I'm really big on fitness mindset and 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 um, practicing a sustainable approach to fitness and re- toward reaching your goals and whatever they may be so I wanted to I, in my mind uh, competing was the ultimate test of that I wanted to test and find out if I could really practice what I preach all the way through to the day of my show. Um, But I did not want to publicly commit to that because I didn't want to have to deal with the stress of fielding questions from people asking what my macros are, what my calories are, and, and asking, you know, why are you competing? I thought you didn't like competing. And I knew there were so many questions that I would get. Not only that, but also even from my family, like not even my parents knew that I was going to do this until I sent them a photo on Saturday. And they're like, oh. what? Um, because, you know, for, even for that, I'm, I'm right now three and a half weeks away from my wedding. I don't, I think anyone in their right mind would be like, well, you know, do you really think you should be competing four weeks away from your wedding? And the answer is probably no. But even though, even then, that was, again, another test that I wanted to do for myself. So I wasn't entirely certain if I, whether or not I was going to actually compete and I didn't want to. I didn't want the pressure. I didn't want the stress. And I wanted to do this just for me. I didn't want to have to announce. Here's my progress picture. Checking in. Here's my progress picture. Checking in. Um, so that was that was the, the main the main reason why. That makes total sense. And I've always said if I compete again, I'd probably do it semi incognito. Um, you know, the last time I competed, I kind of announced it and. I actually didn't announce what shows I was doing. I just kind of said I was prepping and that, you know, I'd be doing a show at some point in fall. And uh, you're right. I mean, when you, there's two ways to look at it. Um, One way is, okay, you've put that stress on yourself and so it's going to hold you accountable. For me, stress does uh, such terrible things to my hunger and body. Um, You know, I, I probably would prefer to do it the other way. And, you know, I've seen this too with competitors I've worked with who are, are kind of coming back after, you know, having metabolic issues. Um, they'll, you know, go through one reverse diet. And sometimes, as you know, one reverse diet is not enough to fix everything. Oh, yeah. um, in fact, for a lot of people who have been restricted for a long period of time, it's going to take a long period of time to get right. But they'll do a reverse diet. They'll get their calories up to a good amount. And, uh, you know, they'll announce, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm coming back. I'm doing a show. And, you know, that stress – um, boy, it just like you can see it in their updates. They're just like every week they don't lose weight or don't drop body fat or don't drop inches. You know, they're just they're like pulling their hair out. And, you know, I, I think that that can be a problem. So now I tell people like, hey, look, let's just go into an active fat loss phase. If you if you can get lean enough for a show, awesome. If not, don't put that pressure on yourself. You know, now if we get, you know, 10, within 10% of striking weight or something like that, and we still got a decent amount of macros and we're pretty convinced you're going to make it, you know, then, then make the announcement. You know right. what I mean? But let's not, let's not put that pressure on yourself. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think if I were to do it again, I would, um, and I don't know if I, if I, I don't know if I will compete again, but if I do, I probably will do it another ghost prep. <laughs> 
Yeah, so talk. So, so this wasn't, you know, I want to be famous. This was, no. uh, <laughs> which anybody who knows, that's a, that's a, a pipe dream. Right. Um, but uh, this, so this was just, you know, you said, it's kind of reminds me a little bit of how I kind of approach things. It's that I want to be my previous best. I want to, I want to use this motivation to push myself. Right. Not, you know. Um, I've always said, you know, for people who follow natural bodybuilding, you know, a guy like Doug Miller, like, look, Doug could be at 50, 60, 70% and he would still beat me at 100%. You know what I mean? There, there's nothing I can do about that. You know, it's not a matter of working harder. It's not, it's just, he's just better than me and that's okay. You know, mm-hmm. but my goal is, um, if I come into a show to come in better than I did last time. And, you know, place as high as I possibly can within that breakdown of competitors that's there. And, you know, if that's first, great. If that's sixth, you know, it is what it is. Obviously, I always want to win, but I'm under no delusion that I'm the, you know, best natural bodybuilder in the world or anything like that. And uh, same thing with powerlifting, you know. Um, I, I, you know, I think I'm pretty good. Um, but, you know, are there, are, am I going to go win worlds? Well, the guy who won worlds last year, Total like eighteen sixty seven. My totals in the mid seventeen hundreds. I mean, when you're natural, you don't just pull a hundred pounds on your total within a few months, you know. So, do I want to win? Absolutely. But is it going to happen? It would take a really bad day from the other guys, you know. Yeah. Um, no, I think I've got a good chance to medal. But it's not, you know. This isn't. A, these aren't sports that are like, you know, football, where, for example, I'm a linebacker, you're a running back. I can directly impede your progress, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, this is more like golf. You know, I can shoot my best round I've ever shot in my entire life. And if somebody else shoots a better round than me, they win. Like, there's nothing I can do about that. I can't go out and, you know, kneecap them. <laughs> uh, well, I, I guess I could, but that's not very sportsmanlike. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, so I think, I think a lot of people get caught up in, in winning and losing. And I, I always tell people, you know, it's okay to want to win. There's nothing wrong with that. That's absolutely fine. But more than that, you have to want to be your best. And that may sound cheesy, but if you're looking for validation from judges, um, you're, you're looking in the wrong place. Oh, exactly. And, and um, I just wrote an article about this today talking about why I decided to come back to the stage after three and a half years. And I said, listen, I definitely would not have done this if I was still struggling with body image issues or if I was still struggling with tying my self-worth to the number on the scale, or if I knew that my my self-esteem was contingent upon the judge's feedback. I, I know that's not a safe thing to do, and I know that it's a very subjective sport, and I understood everything that I was getting into, and I was secure enough with my self-image and with my sense of self-worth and my self-confidence that I knew that I could come into this, take feedback, and not take it personally, and not let it affect my evaluation of myself. I mean, that's the point, right? You want to be, um, you, I always tell people, look, if you're, uh, if you're a happy person b- before, um, if you're a truly happy person before they read that judge's scorecard, you can finish that last and you're still a truly happy person. If you're a truly unhappy person, it doesn't matter what you place. You will be truly unhappy afterwards too you may get some fleeting happiness from winning a show but you know just winning a show is not going to sustain you you know and i think that's 
I think there's a lot of people out there, and I'm sure you've seen them who chase, go go from show to show to show to show, yes. and keep competing, keep competing, keep competing, like run their bodies into the ground, just because they need. It's almost like they need that high of winning. Right. You know what I mean? And don't get me wrong, I love to win. You know, <laughs> I love to win, but I don't need that to make me happy. You know, uh, I'm happy because this is this is actually not to go off on too much of a side rant, but. I, I made a post, um, a video private for my clients uh, at the beginning of the year, and I said, you know, I see a lot of you that, that beat yourselves up over the way you look, um, and you 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 demean yourselves over the way you look. I said, and I said, how many of you value me as a person and me as a coach because of the way I look? You know, if I don't have a shredded six pack, are you suddenly going to think bad of me? Of course not. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if I get leaner, it may be cool, you know, but is it going to change the way you feel about me? No, you, you value me because hopefully because of my character, my integrity, how I treat my clients, that sort of thing. Um, so value those same things in yourself that you value in me. And for a lot of people, that was kind of a, um, I don't want to say a, a mind-blowing uh, thing, but they don't, you don't think about it that way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's the same thing. I had a, I had a client who they were um, a, a, a decently well-known pro, and they, they you know they were planning to go to the Arnold Classic, and the week before they said I'm not going. I said why not? They said well I, I can't bear to let people see me this way, and I didn't have the heart to to tell them that nobody's going to be looking at you. They're all too busy worried about themselves. You know, everybody walking around this expo, and not everybody, because not everybody's a complete narcissist, but everybody is so worried about their own insecurities that they're they're not gonna they're they're not gonna look at you. You know what I mean? Um, In fact, they're more likely to look at the person who looks better than them and say, "Oh, what what did that bitch do?" You know, you know what I mean? So, uh, so, uh, yeah, exactly. But. I mean, it, you know, it, not everybody's that way. I don't want to make it seem like the fitness industry is just completely filled with narcissists. But, you know, it's true. Like, people, I, you know, I always say if you tie everything, um, if you entire your self-worth to what you see in the mirror every morning, you, you're going to be unhappy. I can promise you that. Oh, absolutely. And um, I, actually, I got a really interesting question just recently after my show. Someone said, are you happier now that you're slimmer than your usual self? And I said, what? Absolutely yeah. not. I am not any happier than I was 10 pounds ago or even 20 pounds ago. And I don't think that my personality really has changed. I don't think I've changed as a person. My nope. fiance certainly doesn't love me anymore because I'm skinnier or That's leaner. It. And, you know, my quality of life is not enhanced because all of a sudden, you know, I can fit into size zero jeans. And no, none of that stuff. It's just a really um, – it was just a really cool accomplishment for me to be able to do this. And I don't think any more of myself, it's nothing like that at all. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm right now probably the lean, well, definitely the leanest I've ever been in the off season. I'm like 10 pounds on a show weight and this happened, you know, this is just the best reverse diet I've ever done in terms of effectiveness. It just yeah. has been really, really good. And, um, I just kept getting leaner while adding calories and, but the whole time I look back and I'm like, am I happier than I was when I was, you know, 220 pounds and, and over 10% body fat? I'm like, no, I'm not. Yeah. Like, 
I just wake up. I'm like, oh, cool. That looks cool. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, it's, like, more, yeah. it's more like, it's more like, yeah, I've not had maybe a little bit more confidence, but I still wear the same clothes. It doesn't change anything. I don't go to the beach more or less often. In fact, I actually go less now just because I don't have time. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's not like, it's not like, oh yeah, yeah, I, I, I look good. So I'm going to strut around my shirt off all the time now. No, it, 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 nothing has changed about the way I live my life or what I think about myself. It's, it's more just like every once in a while, I'll look in the mirror and be like, well, that's cool. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I think that's, I think you and I have both arrived there from from years of, of you know going out the wrong way, yes. you know, and tying your self worth mm-hmm. to, to to what you see in the mirror. Because right. I certainly did that when I was younger. Um, and uh, but you know, I wouldn't take back those learning experiences. I think that's I think that's truly important. And uh, I wouldn't take back those uh, bad experiences of you know doing shows and then being disappointed or, or, you know, having euphoria and, you know, just all the different gambit of emotions you go through. Um, I think it's all learning experiences, but unfortunately I think there's a lot of people who don't actually learn from those experiences. They just keep making the same mistakes over and over. Right. And you know what I will say for people who want to compete or have considered competing, I think that if you are struggling with body image issues or if you think that, you know, um, Prepping for a show is the only way that you can get yourself to lose fat. Or That's if, a problem. Yes, and I would definitely not recommend competing in that case. Or if you think that weighing less will make you happier, or conversely, weighing more on the scale will make you less happy, I think um, I think that is a really, red, big, really big red flag, and you definitely should not compete. You need to go see a counselor. Absolutely. Yeah, and be- because there will always be more shows. There will always be more shows to- for you to do. But your mindset and your you know your mental health is incredibly important. A- absolutely, I-, I can't tell you how many times I've tried to tell people, "Hey, don't do this show," you know. And um, you know, a lot of people don't want to don't want to listen to me. It's yeah. amazing how many people will pay me lots of money and then don't take my advice, you know. <laughs> but uh, I, think, well, I think they're paying you to. For that, so that you can tell them what they want to hear. Absolutely, right? absolutely, and I, I use that line a lot. I said, "Look, you know, all people come to me that I that I end up not working with because they don't like what I have to say." And I say, "Look, the easiest thing for me would be to, for me to take your money and tell you what you want to hear, but I'm I'm concerned about you know what actually is going to happen to you. You know, like like I actually give a damn about you. So sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't. You know, but um." Uh, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. If, if you're wait, wanting a show to make you a happy person or if it's the only way you feel like you can stick to a diet, th- there's some, some deeper problems there and you need to, you know, you need to evaluate your, yourself personally before you actually want to consider doing a show. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Okay, well, I think we're going to take a break, and then we'll come back with one last segment. We're going to talk about kind of the nuts and bolts of So He's Prep. Yep. I'm sure all the stuff you guys want to know about, you know, what our macros were and uh-huh. what our cardio was. So we'll come back. You're listening to Physique Science Radio. Hey, guys. Lane here. Well, you all know how much I love variety in my diet. I can't stand eating the same bland food every single day. That's why I love www.myoatmeal.com. It's an amazing website where you can go and customize oatmeal. I know, I know, I know. Why would I want to go customize oatmeal? I can eat it right out of the bag. Well, let me tell you why. Myoatmeal.com has 22 billion 
combinations of flavors and ingredients. You heard me right. 22 billion combinations. Whether you're picking out a pre-made blend or making your own customized blend, they have all kinds of flavors. Want red velvet cake? No problem. Snickerdoodle? You can make it happen. Butter rum? Oh yeah. Cheesecake? You can get it done. And you have all kinds of additives you can add. Apples, raisins, pears, nuts, all kinds of seeds. And you can sweeten it any way you want. Need to eat gluten-free? No problem. They've got it. The best part of it all? The macros are listed as you're customizing your blend. And they change depending on which ingredients you add. Eating a little bit lower carb? No problem. Choose ingredients that make your carb count lower. Need more protein? Add higher protein ingredients. You can customize your blend to make it almost any breakdown that you want. And the prices and macros change as you change your blend. So go on over to www.myoatmeal.com and check out some of the blends that have already been made. Or be adventurous and make your own. That's myoatmeal.com. Check it out, guys. You're listening to Physique Science Radio with Lane Norton and Sohee Lee. If you like what you hear and you'd like to learn more about us and read some of our articles, please visit my website at www.biolane.com and Sohee's website at soheefit.com. Thanks, guys. We appreciate you listening and hope to hear more from you in the future. Hey, guys. Many of you out there know I spend a lot of time bagging on bad coaches. And certainly, there's more than enough of those to go around. But a lot of times, people ask me who I do recommend. Well, one person we can recommend wholeheartedly is Paul Ravella of Pro Physique. Paul has received more referrals from me over the last two years than any other coach, and with good reason. Paul is competent, professional, caring, and carries himself with a lot of integrity. If you hire Paul, you're going to be getting the very best at a great value. Paul is also one of my closest personal friends, and I can say with absolute certainty, I feel 100% comfortable with referring my closest friends and family to him, because I've done that. Paul Ravella of ProPhysique.com. Check him out, guys. Hey guys, welcome back to Physique Science Radio, and uh, we're talking about Sohi's prep. And uh, so, Sohi, yes. the people want the people want to know. Inquiring <laughs> minds want to know. What were your macros when you started? What were your macros at the end? How much cardio, and, and what did you do to kind of practice posing, your tanning, all that kind of stuff? Yeah, so I'm going to start with my my training and my cardio because I don't remember my macros off the top of my head. I'm gonna, I'm trying to find them right now. Um, so my training, I actually did a variation. I did uh, your fat protocol uh, for my training. Oh, so really? that's, uh, yep, it's five days of a week of, of lifting. And uh, each session was about, I would say, anywhere between 50 to 65 minutes in length. So not too, too long. And I also, as far as cardio, I, I, did, not, I did no steady state cardio whatsoever. Um, nice. I did, yeah, and I started out with two days a week of intervals. That lasted 20 minutes long total from start to finish, including warm-up and cool-down. And the last 
I'd say six weeks of my prep, I was up to three sessions a week, which again, was really not very much. So, but I will say as far as training, I was, when I was in the gym, I was actually training very hard and the intensity was very high at all times. Of course, you know, high being very relative. Um, Right. Well, I mean, it's, it's high comparative to your, to your, what your best right is. and my strength levels and the and the great thing is that I really didn't lose any strength throughout the duration of my prep which which is a really great sign you know it says that you really didn't lose much muscle mass and um, that it, the, the diet was done in a smart and sustainable manner which is I think should always be the goal um, absolutely so it looks like my starting macros were 140 protein 130 carbs and 50 fats which comes out to 1530 calories per day. So those were my starting macros, and again, I'm five two. I, I was a one sixteen, so I was very pretty petite to begin with already. So, and that's why my macros are really not super high. And um, my ending macros, I was at one twenty protein, one hundred five carbs, and forty fats. Um, so, and that's uh, that was just over twelve hundred calories a day. Yeah, I mean, at your size, that's actually a pretty decent intake. Oh yeah. Um, oh man, yeah. Um, yeah, and I think one of the important points to point out is, um, you know, a lot of people, you, you said the goal of every prep should be to have something, you know, kind of sustainable and, and not terrible. And it, I tell people, hey, look, you, you may get to a certain point where you feel uncomfortable, and that is that is normal. I mean, you're going to feel uncomfortable at points. But, you know, I always say um, Suffer suffering for the sake of suffering, so you can brag about having suffered the most, should never be the goal. Exactly. I don't. <laughs> you, yeah, I don't understand that. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't make you a better person. It doesn't. You know, if you want to do that, then you know, do like the 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 religious people did. You know, back in the 1500s, and just lash yourself. You know, because then you'll suffer even more. You know that if that makes you such a better person, you know, that's kind. Of, you know, we, we you and I have, have talked about this, but people who you know post about how much cardio they're having to do and how much of their life they're sacrificing and how terrible the food they eat tastes, and it's like you're you're doing it to yourself. Like, stop looking for sympathy. Like, I'm not going to feel sorry for you. It's completely unnecessary. And, yeah, so I um, and I also – the other reason why I wanted to keep my prep a secret was that I didn't want to be the, that person complaining on social media about how hungry I was or, <laughs> you know, all those things. I just I – don't, I don't love that. Yeah, I, I've definitely made that mistake um, going through my social media trials and tribulations. Uh, my last prep, I, I definitely kind of – because – if you, anybody who's read my Twitter timeline, my Twitter, a lot of it is for me, actually. It's like my own, like, like diary. journal. Yeah, it's like my own journal of thoughts, yeah. you know? Like, I posted several motivational quotes today, and it was because I was having a really, really difficult squat workout. And I needed to see those quotes on 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 uh, print, you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, it may sound silly and stupid, but it for whatever reason, it does help me, but... You know, at the same time, it got me in trouble because I would I would be that person complaining about what I was doing. And uh, looking back on it, I was like, shut up, Lane. You, you know, you chose to do this. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's a smart move. And I, I definitely think, uh, you know, what what you did was was interesting. And I, I think I'll probably try it in the future. So <laughs> what did you what did you do for kind of, your, you know, anything special for your tanning, posing? I mean, people, you know, we could do a whole 15 uh, podcasts on, on, on contest prep, but you know, people, this, this stuff is important. Well, so for posing, I definitely outsourced because 
I think you can watch all the YouTube videos in the world, but you, if you don't have someone who is working one-on-one -on -one with you and finding the pose that works best for your body type and accentuates your own best features, then I don't think you're, you're going to be making the most of your time on stage. And keep in mind, I'm not really a girly girl, kind of more of a tomboy. So to me, the idea... Of, of practicing my posing was really not appealing at all but I also knew <laughs> but I also knew that presentation is a big part of of being on stage so I knew I just kind of had to suck it up and do it so um, I, when I was in Tampa back in September I reached out to Lauren Conlin who is a really great friend of ours um, she is a NPC figure turned now national bikini competitor so she's well versed with both figure and bikini posing and I met with her and I uh, had one session with her, and then a few weeks later, I had another session with her over Skype, actually. So if any of you guys are looking for a bikini or figure posing coach, Lauren Collin is your girl. And she does do Skype um, distance consultations. She was really great, and um, really, she really taught me how to bring the sass out in my posing and taught me to be comfortable standing there nearly naked <laughs> in front of a wide audience. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because our listeners don't, don't know... Lauren or Loco as we call her. Yeah. But um she's actually more of a tomboy too. Like her yeah. her her natural inclination is definitely not to, to get out and strut on stage. Like that's not her she has to kind of put on a face for that. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. and, and so she had to learn kind of the, the hard way how to come out of her shell. So she's usually pretty good at teaching that sort of thing. Oh, yeah. So little shout out little shout out to her for, for good posing work. So if you guys are actually interested in working with her, you can contact me or Sohi and uh, and we can put you in touch with her. Yes. Um, and so yeah, presentation is definitely a, a big thing. And for Tammy, I think you just use the uh, the spray tan at the show, right? Yeah, with Amy, and um, I will say, uh, learn from my mistake and do not sleep with your hands all over your body while you're sleeping. If you just had a coat of spray tan done, because it definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's you know definitely um, you know when you go to shows, if you're going to get spray tan by the by the people at the show. Try to find somebody who's used them before. You know, see, Mark and Amy are actually really good, so I, I wasn't worried about that. And you know, they did a really good job for all the competitors. But you know, I've done shows where people get spray tan and they get turned green, or oh, no. you know, they, it, it runs off, and yeah. you know, it all that stuff's important. So you gotta, you know, don't just go with somebody because that's who's at the show. Research them, make sure people have good experiences, and because uh, you know, if worse comes to worse. You know, I always look at it as like, you know, if I'm going to screw up, if something's going to get screwed up, I'd rather screw it up and have it be on me than yes. something else. Yes. So, you know, if you got to do your tanning yourself, then do it yourself. But uh, if somebody good is at the show, then even if you got to pay them 100 bucks, it's worth it to take the stress off you. I, I can definitely so, yeah. say that. I think the last thing you want is to lose a, a placing or, or win, you know, lose to someone who maybe what you would have beat out just because let's say for example like your tanning was off and that I think that can be really really frustrating so all these little details absolutely matter and um besides that I also as far as jewelry I got this big ass bracelet like <laughs> lots of bling um really huge dangly earrings and a giant ring on my right hand um because I de for my first show I definitely wasn't wearing enough and no you're not gonna you know it's not gonna help you rise to the top and beat out someone with a better body. But it's, again, it's all part of the package. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, it's funny that, you know, it's like men, uh, people will ask me like about, for example, tattoos and, and those sorts of things. I'm like, look, nobody's going to look at you and say, well, you lost that show because of your tattoo. Yeah. 
really do that. But if it's distracting, if it's, you know, ugly, that sort of thing, I mean, if it's very, very close, I mean, even if people aren't consciously doing it, they're going to look at the person who looks more aesthetic. So, I mean, that's yeah. something to keep in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, and you, and you worked with Paul, and you said you were very happy with him, correct? Oh, yeah, he's great. I think he's um, very doesn't do any fluff with any of his clients so if I think you, if, if, if I think if you're looking to be handheld and coddled then he's not your guy but if you are willing to work hard and be consistent and send in your weekly check-ins then he will you know it's, it's a very much with all coaches you kind of you got to meet him halfway right if he gives you a program mm-hmm. you gotta deliver if you follow the program you'll see results if you don't then you, you know you won't but um he was really great because I always felt like I could go to him for anything if I had any issues or worries. I remember when I was um, three weeks out from my show, I was just in the middle of two weeks, two weekends of traveling. Um, first weekend was to Kansas City for my cousin's wedding, and then the following week I was in LA to California. So I really was really feeling very stretched thin and really frazzled and run down, especially with the macros that I was on at the time. I was on one forty protein, eighty five carbs, forty fats, which, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to hit those numbers with protein that high and carbs so low. And I was finding myself a lot of times just eating protein only meals because that's really all I could fit. And I texted him, I said, I don't know if I can keep doing this. And I talked to had a talk with him. And he said, tell you what, let's drop 28 grams of protein and add 20 grams of carbs and see if that helps you mentally. And the next week, I was completely back to normal. I said, I feel great. My energy levels are fine. My motivation is back, and I can finish this. And that was that to me really meant a lot because the fact that he was able to willing to listen to me and and modify my program to fit my needs at the time, I think that says a lot uh, about him as a coach. Absolutely. I mean, the typical uh, response you probably get from other coaches would be stick to the plan. Don't, yeah. don't you, yeah. don't you question me. How dare you? Exactly. Uh, so yeah, I mean, you know, there's part of it's being flexible and part of it also acknowledging that, Hey, the, the, you know, is it, maybe it would be a little, a little bit better if you did 140 protein versus 120. But if you can't stick to that, then exactly. it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like if you know I'm what I mean, it's a null, it's a null and void point. It's, it's not worth being miserable over and I also made it very clear to him when I started with him back in June I said you know I am very um, concerned about my mental health because this is something I've been working on for a long time and my quality of life is very very important to me and I said to him if at any point I feel like either of those things are is being compromised then I'm going to back out of the show and I'm not going to do it and he was very understanding of that also so he you know he didn't he never forced me to do anything um, and really it just worked out great. Well, how, you got how weird is that? You put your, your happiness before actually doing a contest prep. <laughs> that is just so strange. But I mean, joke, but that is strange for some people. Yeah, so. and well, sorry, go ahead. Um, well, the one thing I do, I did want to mention that I forgot to talk about it last time was with my first prep. I remember I was, um, and I'm sure a lot of competitors do this. I was hoarding a lot of junk food for the the moment I stepped off stage so that I could stuff my face with all the stuff that I hadn't been allowed to eat before um, because I was on a meal plan at the time. Um, but this time, actually, I didn't even think about junk food or be, because I was fla- I was following a flexible dieting approach and. To be honest, I was eating grilled cheese and bagels the, for my peak week. <laughs> I felt no deprivation. I felt no cravings whatsoever. And the night of my show, I did not – I didn't pack any junk food with me, nothing. And I just kind of, um, you know, after the show, we went out with Lane and Paul and some other people. And I just had ordered some salmon off the menu and had a glass of wine and a handful of chips. And that was really it. That was it. 
Yeah, there was no. Uh, I was watching. So. You were watching. <laughs> but no, I mean, you, you ate like a normal person, you know, and yeah. you probably woke up and didn't look a whole lot different the next no, day. Actually, I woke up and the next morning I had to go over to Dr. Campbell's lab because I'm participating in his research study, and you know, he took my body count comp before and after the show, and I was at the same exact weight. Had not gained any weight, um, which is, I think says a lot because you know a lot of competitors put on 10, 15 pounds overnight. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what what's your plans now? What's your plans moving forward? Well, I uh, so now right now as we're recording this, we're just I think three days uh, after the show, and I'm feeling great mentally. I'm good. Um, I'm really happy that the show is over with, and I had a great experience, and I learned a lot. And right now, I want to shift my focus onto focusing on my wedding, which is, um, like I said, it's three and a half weeks away, so it's coming up really soon. And so um, I'll be I'll be spending more time with the wedding prep. And as far as macros, definitely don't want to be in the caloric deficit anymore. So I'll be slowly working my way out of that, and I'll be reverse dieting. From now into the wedding, through my honeymoon, and then once I get back, probably for the next six to eight months, I'll continue to reverse diet and and get stronger and hopefully um, improve my squat and deadlift numbers in the gym. Awesome. Well, we'll we'll definitely keep an update on that and check back in and, and see how that's going uh-huh. because uh, people are going to want inquiring minds are going to want to know how is her reverse diet going because I mean you've done it a few times now, so it'll be interesting to see if you notice that it gets better each time. Well, we'll see, and I'll, I think I'll um, I'll be posting my numbers on Instagram and on social media, um, just so that people can, especially especially for females, because I know that there's a lot of trepidation with regards to to the prospect of trying to intentionally eat more food, and I think I really want to be that role model who shows that hey, you can not only go through a contest prep in a healthy and sustainable manner, but you can also back out of it without binging and without rebounding, and you can do it in a healthy way. Um, and, and embrace whatever weight gain might come and, and be okay and still be very happy. That's, you know, that's so funny you say that. Um, uh, I'll tell people, oh, my God, I gained a pound this week. When they, you know, it'll be, you know, 12 weeks after their show and they're only up three yes. pounds from their show weight. And I'll be like, this is a win. Like, you, you realize most of your competition oh, yeah. is like 15, 20 pounds over their stage weight, right? Like, you're, you're up three pounds. This is awesome. So you gained a pound this week. Go crush it in the gym. <laughs> Go use it. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think I think that's amazing. And I think um, for the for any of you analytical folks out there, I think it'll be really helpful to chart or graph your pros your progress or charting your caloric intake versus your weight gain and your body waste measurement over time. I think that will really help put to put things into perspective. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, thank, thank you, Sophie. We, we appreciate you sharing your, your prep story with us. I hope it's been helpful for some people. Um, any last thoughts you, you want to leave or anybody else you want to thank that we left out? Or um, Yeah, the, the mic is yours. Uh, well, with regards to contest prep, I, I think that um, someone was asking me about why I competed in the OCB this time around and not the NPC like I did the first time. And I think that, you know, Initially, I was a little hesitant because I'm not as familiar with the OCB and the NPC is pretty much all I had known before. Um, but the OCB is an all-natural show organization. It's it's drug tested, so you're competing against people who are not at any more of an advantage than you are. And I think that I would love to see more people start to compete in the OCB, um, especially with with Paul's show specifically for next year. He'll be hosting the same one next year, and if we can get a larger crowd to to come and compete and show up, that I think that would be a lot of fun. 
Yeah, I think it's it's great that we have different organizations because it fills a niche for everybody. Yeah. You know, some people are going to prefer to compete in the NPC. Some people are going to prefer to compete in a place like the OCB. And I always tell people, hey, like, people say, well, what, what organization is best? And I was like, look, it, it depends on you. You know what I mean? What you want to do it for, what you enjoy the most. And I recommend people, hey, try out different organizations. See, see what you like better and, and find a place that you enjoy. Uh, that should be the main focus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. The, the other thing I want to say with regards to competing is that if you really have a burning desire to step on stage one day and you feel like you're in a good place mentally, then go ahead and do it. Um, but I do want to I do want to say, please just take it one day at a time and always make a quality of life a priority and don't let yourself get sucked into it. Don't let yourself don't find yourself. Uh, you know, turning down dinner dates and and spending your Friday nights at the gym because that's what you think is hardcore and that's what you think mm. is gonna get you that trophy because I don't I really don't think it's worth worth missing out on life and missing out on those kinds of memories for. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's funny. So I'll 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 end on this and we'll leave it with this. But I was in a grocery store one time. And uh, this kid was checking me out. He's probably like 16 years old, and he was doing my checkout. And uh, I, I had just come from the gym, and I had a pretty tight shirt on. And he looked at me, and he's like, "Oh, you work out?" I said, "Yeah, you know, I, I do bodybuilding competitions, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. And he said that he asked the most profound question, very simple but very profound. <laughs> and he said, "Oh, is it fun?" What? And I had, I had to, yeah, he asked, you know, he said, is, "Is you know, basically asked with bodybuilding fun?" And I had to stop and think about it for a second. And I said, yeah, yeah, it's fun. And uh, I was honestly able to answer that in an honest way. Now, there's parts of it that aren't always fun. But overall, the entire experience should be an enjoyable thing. And I I think people should not lose sight of that. Yeah, and definitely don't treat – I don't think you should treat the contest prep as your end goal because so many people will find themselves lost and aimless the day after the show. But, you know, treat it as a milestone in a more long-term journey. Absolutely. It should be a celebration of your hard work. Oh, yeah. Well, guys, thank you for listening for this this episode of Physique Science Radio. We've enjoyed talking to Sohi about her prep, and we can't wait for more great episodes coming up. Thank right. you, guys. Thanks, guys.